Tanner Johnson. And I'm Jack Dodgen. From the Eastside Church of Christ, teen life can be difficult to navigate. New emotions, experiences, pressures, and challenges shape what we understand about our identity. It's almost like navigating a maze. Twists, turns, dead ends. Uh, the race can be both exhilarating and terrifying. At Through the Maze podcast, we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When we put our trust in him, we can navigate the maze and build our identity based on who he says we are. And in the end, find life and life to the fullest. Thank you for walking alongside us today. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we have a special episode for you today. Uh, one of our new interview, uh, one of our interview episodes. Uh, we try to fit one in every every so often, and uh, we, we got one with David Roberts here today. He's a guy from Church of This, solid dude. Uh, he's he's got a lot of good things for us, a lot of good things to share with us. I'm sure uh, from the few, from the conversations I've had with him. Uh, just know he's a great guy. Uh, excited to have him. Uh, Jack's out today, and so uh, like the quality is going to be way down, uh, but. It'll be more than made up for uh, with David here. So, uh, David, how you doing, man? Doing great, Tanner. Thanks for for having me on the podcast. Yeah, man. It's uh, been a little bit sketchy trying to get it going. You know, I just I'm not technologically uh, sound, so you know, <laughs> uh, Jack's the tech guy. I'm just the I don't know, make goofy comments guy. But anyway, <laughs> you got to have that growth mindset, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, how about uh, you go ahead and sh- uh, share a little bit about what you do and why you decided to do it? Uh, sure. What your journey there? Sure, glad to. Um, so I, I'm what I call myself a career educator. When I graduated college, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and that's what I, I jumped mm-hmm. right into. Taught English for for over a decade, uh, okay. and then moved into the administration side of of mm-hmm. school, um, and then eventually became a, a school principal. And, and now I'm a I'm an assistant principal at Mount St. Mary Catholic High School here in Oklahoma City. That's where I've spent the large majority of my career in different roles. Um, And and I do it um, because I think educators impact eternity. Uh, Really, that's the the tagline. Um, That's Mm. the succinct way to to talk about my mission and vision for for my career. Um, I just think that it's an opportunity to impact young people for for the rest of their lives and, and beyond. Um, and so um, I want children and students to have a voice, to know that their voice is powerful, mm. and, and uh, education is a great opportunity to do that. Cool, cool. Uh, so, well, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but what, what, what do you mean by that when you say uh, education impacts eternity? Like, yeah, Sure, that's a fair question sorry. to ask me yeah. to unpack. Oh, um, yeah. So what I mean by that is um, Jesus himself equates... Uh, understanding and knowledge and enlightenment with redemption, right? The mm-hmm. truth will set you free. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is what he says. Yeah. And so if we um, if we acknowledge the truth, if we seek the truth, if we live the truth, then of course uh, the scripture, God's revelation is clear that that, that leads us to, to an eternal mm-hmm. life with him. Yeah. And then on a more day-to-day level then the interactions that teacher, teachers have with students um, are seeds that we produce that produce fruit, and we know that sometimes those seeds don't um, don't bloom yeah, um, yeah. in the in on earth. They're going to bloom in heaven. Um, and then also, what I mean is that teachers can't always know, educators can't always know and see the impact that they have. It, it outlasts them in their yeah. own life, yeah, yeah. in a way. Um, so that's that's what I mean. 
yeah. Uh, this and this one might be another one that's a little bit. And based based on that answer, I think I know the answer to this one already. But uh, like, are you the cool principal? Like everybody just like <laughs> thinks you're you're awesome. Like you're the popular popular one around. Because sometimes uh, you know students can have a view of the principal where it's kind of like oh they're the you know right. bi- mean business all the time. But are you you're the cool principal? You got are you just just the right? Um, no, I think um, I would I would like to be uh, a principal that that uh, students feel warmly about and, yeah. and understand that I always have their bench, best interests and care in mind. But I mean, if I'm if I'm honest, previous students and, and current students um, would tell you, no, I'm not. The <laughs> oh, <laughs> I care too much about uh, rules. Yeah, I care too much about <laughs> about the rules, you know, and dress yeah, code yeah. and and uh, you know. Things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, uh, sure. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm old man. Get off my lawn sometimes. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of like I joke about that a little bit, but <laughs> sure, it's, sure. it's kind of a. I wanted, I wanted to do this podcast with you because I, I think it's, I think it's important for you know, I, hopefully there are teens that are listening to this that can hear the other side of it, you know, because I mean, I know that as a teenager, you look at those people in authority sometimes, and it seems like you know they're the rule keepers. They keep me from having fun, but. Like it's coming from a place of love, and I know that I know that from you, and it's a place that it's a deep care for them. So, um, yeah. So I wanted to kind of get that a, a little like uh, talk about talk to you about some of that kind of stuff, um, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about the tone that's set for a school year. And I know that the the assistant principals principals leadership within the school uh, has a part of that, and it's it's really like I try to share a lot of stats on on this podcast and stuff and this isn't necessarily a stat but I mean I know that uh, kind of the the school climate I guess like the attitude that's around um, it, it affects you know grades it affects you know how kids you know be disciplined staying on top of things um, and the other side of it if there's a poor climate it's you know things go poorly for kids you know uh, so what what role do you have in setting the tone for a school year and uh, what what type of tone do you try to set? Sure. So the, the, the great thing about being a school leader is that I get a chance to interact with all the students consistently. Um, you know, a classroom teacher, they have their students. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, they interact with the school community too. But, yeah. I mean, that's the, the blessing of, and, and benefit of being a, a school leader's mm-hmm. that interaction with the kids. And that's where the climate and tone and culture starts is those day-to-day yeah. interactions that are positive, that are corrective, uh, whatever they might be. And so... Um, the 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 culture and tone that we're we're trying to establish uh, at the schools I'm at or the schools I've been at and the school I'm at currently um, is one fundamentally uh, of mutual respect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that's the way we would hope students and teachers and, and school leaders describe the culture that everyone mm-hmm. respects and acknowledges everybody else's human dignity yeah. that we're the fact that we're made in the image of God mm. means it has an impact on the way we talk to each other, yeah, the yeah. way we have fun, yeah, um, the way we correct each other, um, the way we apologize to yeah. each other, what yeah. we take responsibility for. Yeah, yeah. So that's the foundation. And then from there, we're trying to create a culture and a climate where students enjoy being part of the community. Like, mm. honestly, like they have fun. They look forward yeah. to it. They find meaningful experiences of learning mm. and of community. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's cheering on the football team. Sometimes yeah. that's turning yeah. in an awesome lab report. Right. Sometimes yeah. that's having a great small group at a mm. school retreat. And sometimes that's a great worship or liturgical experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So then that's tempered with, not tempered, that's the wrong word. That's mm-hmm. that's combined with uh, a culture that says, man, this is your school. Like you are mm-hmm. invited yeah. to to lead. You are empowered mm-hmm. to have to make yeah, decisions, yeah. right? To make contribute to lead. Mm-hmm. Like what I, I tell students like, this is your school. This isn't that's this cool. isn't mine. Yeah. This isn't this isn't the other adults. You know, mm. we're here for guidance and support. But yeah. This is your school, and and that's mm. what we're trying to do with policy and decision and the way we interact with students, yeah. academics. We're trying right. to make them feel empowered and give them real authentic opportunities mm. to learn, grow in their faith. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's not just uh, show up, get to class, shut up, and do your work and go home. Right. It's it's like hey, yeah, like we we have respect for you and want the best for you. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, words that would scare me off would be things like it's business like at school, yeah, right? Or right. it's uh, it's very organized. It's very strict. It's like th- th- those things have their place, um, but man, not a school. Yeah. You know, yeah. it should be a place of vitality, interest, laughter. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's a place to learn and grow, and I, I think that's really cool. Um, so, like, all honesty, this next question that I'm gonna ask it actually came from my wife, Scarlett. She she wanted to she wanted to know some about this. She thought it'd be an interesting uh, topic to discuss, and I thought it was too. Um, but I know that uh, Mount Saint Mary it's a private Catholic school, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian school, and um, and you've been working there for a while. What do you think? Like arts, like I've I've been in. I don't know if I've gotten in trouble at all for some of my other episodes where I've I've bashed homeschool, I've bashed public schools. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to say anything bad about private schools as we get into this. But, bash, uh, bash us, man. Bash away. Um, but I, I guess I was just wondering, what what do you think are some of the benefits of students attending a private Christian school, maybe even as opposed to public? Right. Um, and maybe vice versa. Like, are there any downsides that you might see? I don't I don't know. But yeah, um, uh, you know, I I, w- I want to make this applicable and, and interesting to kids too mm-hmm. especially public school kids who, yeah. who don't have not don't know what high, what private school is like mm-hmm. private Christian school in particular but mm-hmm. on the other hand like I just have to speak to my ideals and they're yeah. a little lofty mm-hmm. and and the benefit of of Christian education like pu- private Christian school at, at the k-12 level to me is that you are as you learn and, and as teachers teach and as students learn, you are acknowledging the most authentic kind of education there mm-hmm. is, which which is saying that Jesus Christ is the root and the foundation yeah. of what we learn, yeah. and he's the apex. Yeah. He's the highest possible thing we could learn. Mm-hmm. So if you say Christ is the root and apex of authentic learning, mm-hmm. and, and Christian schools are honest about that, not only honest about yeah. it, but seek it, make that the highest ideal. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is not necessarily that in Bible class we're studying Scripture. I'm yeah. sorry, Yes, I do mean that. <laughs> yeah. right. In math class, I meant to yeah. say that we're necessarily studying Scripture. That's, that's not what I mean. Yeah. But we're acknowledging that mm-hmm. if through Christ, God created the world, by mm-hmm. him, for him, through him, right? Colossians yeah. 1, mm-hmm. that, that by Christ, through Christ, for Christ, the whole world was created. Mm-hmm. Then math helps us in some way, maybe mm-hmm. some mysterious, beautiful, unarticulable way, get closer to Christ. Yeah. And maybe sometimes it's obvious where, for instance, the study of statistics and math might help us address some ethical problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, that that Christ gives us the framework to work through, mm. right? Um, so, and, and then other subject areas, it's much more obvious and clearer. But I, I just, for me, that's the main benefit when you, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me for just going on here, I just oh, get no. excited. This no, question is fantastic. No, that's like, great. Um, I just think that 
our public school friends, um, they can have they have high aims for learning too, mm. right? Like they want they're they're building children for democracy. They're preparing mm. students for protective lives as citizens, and most of all, they're helping you know students understand themselves, their mm. relationship to the world. Mm-hmm. Christian education says. The truest way to understand your yourself yeah. is as a child of God. Yeah. Right. And so when we're we're able to be authentic, when we're when we feel called to be mm. authentic and honest about that value for education, man, of of course it's going to produce a richness mm. that uh, man, it just it changes lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like looking at those subjects and saying like this is only true because there's a God that has given it truth and meaning and power like there, there's a god that's given this purpose you know like or there's there's a reason there's order and beauty in the world and like why you can calculate it with math you know like because yeah. there's there's something divine there i i really like that i think that's that's really cool um so downsides i have to be honest um <laughs> and you know it's it's that um the downside would be that, that there are different definitions of what Christian education is and what its mm. purpose should be. Yeah. And when those come in conflict, it creates tension. Oh, yeah. And so for me, the, I, mean, I was really thinking about this. The easiest way to explain this, and I think the one that would be really interesting to, to Christians is, that don't go to pu- private school mm. is a Christian school is not the church. Mm. Mm-hmm. At, we can consider it a ministry, and some churches yeah. are, some yeah. schools are. Some schools are a direct funded ministry of a congregation of a church. Or right. In the case of Catholic schools, like, they are parish schools are directly connected to a church, right? Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the parish priest is in charge of the school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the principal, right? Yeah. Uh, but for for um, evangelical schools, um, you know, schools like in our community, I, I don't want to specifically call any out. I, I wouldn't be calling them out. I would just right, I don't right. want to name them. Yeah. yeah um, right. The point is, for many Christian schools, they are not the church, yeah, and yeah. that separation, man, that's hard for folks, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. It just creates, like I said, tension and difficulty around yeah. doctrine, around correction, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's a hard thing for even for yeah. for even healthy organizations yeah. and churches and schools to know and, and, right. and understand. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you could be you could be a Christian going to a private Christian school. It could be Church of Christ, Baptist, Methodist. You know, you have these different, yeah, but and this this school is teaching God stuff, but it doesn't always fit with my my doctrine. Yeah, was that kind of what you're yeah, getting along? Yeah, that's exactly saying? what yeah, I mean. Like, like, I think that's, yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. I mean, I, that's not my experience growing up. I was a, went to public school, and they completely ruined me. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but they did fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I'd no, say, I'd it was say good. you no. had a good experience. No, no, no. Yeah. Remind me where you went to high school? Oh, high school. I went to uh, McLeod High School. I yeah, thought, yeah. I thought you were yeah. Redskin, right? No, yeah, Redskin. Yeah, it's a good place. Okay. Good place. Yeah, good good people there. Uh, fun school. Um I mean, I, I did all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, our, our football team was awful. We went one and nine my senior year. It was terrible. But I loved football. It was great. Um, anyway, I guess back on, like, the actual topic. Um, like, I, I was curious about this because uh, to see, like, we can talk about what our, our perspective of teenagers are as parents or as youth group leaders, things like that. But as a, a leader in in the school, I, I assume you get to see a little bit at, maybe have a little bit of a different perspective on how the lives of teens are um, from, from a day-to-day. And um, from, from what you've noticed, what, what do you think are some of the main struggles teens are dealing with today, whether it's in school? Or, right. Um, I, I, th- I think for me, I mean, the, the, the mental health, particularly anxiety, mm. um, 
that is real. Yeah. That, that is real. Um, and I don't think the temptation for a lot of adults, even educators, is mm-hmm. to chalk it all up to the phone and social media. Yeah. And I think that is a – we have to acknowledge that's a real component. Like yeah. we're only just beginning to fully understand the impact that that – constant access to that right. device has on an adolescent brain for extended period right. of time. You yeah. know, like we, we still, I, so, but I don't, I don't want to dwell on that because I don't, it's, it feels like a scapegoat Yeah. because yeah. there are things about school Tanner mm-hmm. that exacerbate huh. that anxiety, just the structure and the yeah. system that, yeah. it, that it creates. Like, mm. I mean, kids ask really fair questions. Like why is, why is the difference between an 89 and a 90? So much bigger than the difference between yeah. a ninety and a ninety-one. Yeah, it's one point. Yeah, that, that are, and, and that's, there's a, that's a range of two points, eighty-nine yeah. to ninety-one. But yeah, we all know, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. some of us care more than others, right? I, I don't, I don't know what kind of student you were, Ted. Dude, hey, I was all A's in high school. <laughs> don't ask me about college. I was, I mean, I was all A's in high school, but but so you see, like that's just an example of what I mean by the structure, the system of schooling in in America, even among. Mm. Private schools, not all of them, but a lot of them, and, and a lot of, of us, you know, our peer schools are worse in, in regards to the pressure that mm. the adults and the system of schooling parents yeah. put on students, you know, yeah, and yeah. that anxiety is real. Yeah. Um, and, and the things we ask students to focus on and care mm. about, the way we set schools up, we just, the first question has not always been, how does this decision impact the well-being of students? Mm-hmm. It's been... Mm-hmm. How does this decision, this policy impact achievement for students? Mm-hmm. And we, we have not asked ourselves what well, good enough. And I'm guilty of this too. I, I have. I am guilty of saying, what's the impact of this on kids' well-being, mm-hmm. on their peace, on their ability yeah, to rest? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about, you know, standardized testing. You know, it's like maybe you're not a good test taker. Like that's really anxiety-inducing. You have to score so much on your ACT, SATs. Like you have to do all those things. And, yeah, I can see where the, the anxiety is huge on that because you fail those, you don't get into the college you need to go to. Then you don't get a job, so you're going to be a bum living on the street. You know, it's like, yes. like it's yeah, that's it's scary stuff. Yeah, It is, yeah. and 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 14-year-olds oh, okay. should not be having to confront that. Yeah, they shouldn't it, be. It, yeah. And sc- schools should be designed so that they, they don't have to, so that they're instead getting to experience wonder and ask questions. Mm. You know, how about a question like, um, how, does, how does art help me understand my relationship with God? Mm. Or, yeah. you know, how does history help prepare me to participate uh, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a democracy, right? Like, those are huh. important yeah. questions. Yeah. Not... What happens if I fail this test? Will I will right. I be will I be consigned to a life of poverty? Because mm-hmm. that because well, of what you just yeah. said, that is right. real, man. Yeah. I, yeah. How about how about just watching a third grader cry over a spelling test? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, and then you combine that with just the nature of our world and their access to information. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. where a problem in Ukraine can can affect them. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Anyway, I could go on and on, but the, the, the yeah. deal with mental health and stress is real. I hope parents, teachers. Educators, children all know that, um, man, it's okay to reprioritize your life. And, yeah, like, yeah. it's it's okay, like, honestly, to, to not care about some of the stuff mm-hmm. that schooling tries to emphasize. I know that's crazy yeah. for me to say yeah. as an administrator, yeah. Yeah. but I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. Like, I, yeah, like, I, I can see that anxiety stuff, too. Like, I, I've noticed it in, even, like, within a youth group, you know, just, like, 
uh, kids that don't want to like they're slow to want to lead something and they take a lot of push it just seems like it seems like more than it was like I've only been at this five years but like when I first started it seems like it was harder from then to to now to say like hey can you get up and do this and try try to do that just feels like it takes a little bit more and I don't know if that's that anxiety working on them in another way um I've got like theories about that fear. man yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean like yeah, like you, you talked about Ukraine and like uh, having phones always. It's like, and the way the news works, everything they throw at you is stuff to worry about. Uh, we're not getting political though. <laughs> I don't know, that's weird. But, so, but a little no, bit of a I, tangent, think, I think it is right. But I, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge what you're saying. Like it's mm. I, so. Here's my theory on that: mm. is that if you're a, if you're a 14 year old and your whole middle school, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you could be filmed at any time yeah. doing anything. And somebody could put that out for the whole world yeah. to see so that even yeah. if you do something embarrassing or a mistake, somebody could take a picture of that or shoot a video and blast it to the whole world. Mm. Like, man, that gives me anxiety just thinking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and, and I, my social circle doesn't always use the phone. Mm. Right. So right. anyway, that, right. that's my theory on that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, so we talked about some of those struggles and I, I put this question out there. Is, is there any way that your school addresses any of these things like that you try to work to help on some of these? I know it's really, it's a difficult problem that's right. all over the place, but I didn't know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the, the number one way schools are doing this is, is through staffing, right? Like mm-hmm. we try to make counselors a priority, school yeah. counselors, of course, that, that help with courses and things like that. But they're also there to help students get strategies to mm-hmm. cope and deal and, and understand and navigate just the school, the high school world in particular. Mm-hmm. But even, I mean, I w- if I were looking for a private Christian school for my child and they didn't have a counselor, I would be hesitant to send them there. Yeah. Like they just need through the day access to somebody to help them navigate conflicts, yeah. Yeah. you know, do s- to navigate the, just the challenges and anxieties that come with being a student right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also, you know, schools are lever- leveraging community programs to do the same whether that be through grants or partnerships with like uh, nonprofit organizations that will help provide access to counseling, come in and do programming yeah. for mental health, mental well-being. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's what a lot of schools do. And then the other thing goes back to what I said, like we're yeah. really thinking about how we can restructure school mm-hmm. so that it by its very design, we're alleviating stress. Right. We're alleviating, we're supporting mental health. So we give mm-hmm. you know students and families access to resources you know, we do some programming, we do some staffing that yeah. that helps alleviate that. But where we've really got to do it is is ask ourselves, hey, what policies can we reevaluate? What practices can we reevaluate to take some pressure and stress off kids? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wish I had yeah. something. More. I, 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 you know, the thing is, I don't think people are too interested in like how, for instance, we're reconsidering scheduling right right, right, to, right that would take i mean yeah. that's a really an educator uh-huh. specific conversation but we're trying yeah that's what yeah we're doing. and i i'd, I'd be kind of curious and i i didn't look up any stats on this but i'd be i'd be curious in seeing you know we, we a little bit of a call back to earlier talking about how how your school you know uh, christ is at the center of it and it's kind of the foundation and the apex and all of that and how like compare comparing the stress of a student that is in that environment where where we uh, Christ is involved in every part of it, and he's there, 
he's in your mind and he's part of that as opposed to the public school where it's like you have all these stresses and all these things about that but it's not connected to anything like that. I, I guess that's just a tangent I guess maybe a side thought I'd be curious in seeing me too no about. I mean I, I think that's fascinating I mean mm-hmm. you know because like my previous uh, boss the president at, at my previous school he was super intentional about rest mm-hmm. modeled on God's plan for us yeah. you know, the, the Sabbath for the mm-hmm. Old Testament and then the continued notion, I think, in the New Testament where Christ is very clear that rest is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he would try to integrate that into school. Yeah, right? that's so really It would cool. be silly things, too. Not silly things, but things <laughs> you wouldn't, you would, we might chuckle at, but, like, we were cool with just giving a regular old snow day. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> just, you know, the, do, the theme yeah. now is Cyber Day, right? Or, like, Digital uh-huh. Day, you know, Remote oh, Day. Right, so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give you the day off, but you got to do these assignments while you're at mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the traditional school snow day is like, hey, I could send you oh, a, yeah. an assignment over your computer, but <laughs> we're just going to let you just right. have a snow day. Like, yeah. something silly like, like that to more structured things where mm-hmm. we're trying to build rest into the rhythm of what we do. Yeah, so that's just that's an cool. example of what you're talking about. And yeah. I would be fascinated by the research on that, too. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's any of that out there. I think that'd sure. be really cool to see. Dr. Um, Dr. Dr. Johnson, you can get your... <laughs> yeah, someone smarter than me needs to <laughs> do take that up and, and get onto that so I can <laughs> so I can see it and we can make an episode about it. Um, that'd be cool one day down the road. Um, so on the other side of that, uh, talking about we talked about some of the struggles, but um, I, I'd like to know um, from what you've noticed in schools, what are some of the more positive attributes that you see in teens today? Because I mean, like, teens are great. Like they're 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 wonderful in many ways. I mean, there's they're stressful in many ways, but they're great in many ways. And so I didn't know if yeah. you anything you saw as far as positive attributes of, mm-hmm. from what you've seen of teens in schools. Yeah, I think um, as a baseline, there are so teens these days are they're so much more respectful mm. um, at, by the by default of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a in a way, now again, I don't want to pretend like kids are just like we're singing kumbaya in the halls, right? Right, like they still have conflict and difficulty. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a temporary guest there. <laughs> if you heard that squeaking, yeah. um, what I mean by that is like they respect things about each other and are willing to acknowledge differences and accept differences in a mm-hmm. way that I definitely don't remember as a high school student yeah. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, and maybe even that I saw as a teacher five, 10 years ago. So that would be the succinct way to say it. They're more accepting of each other's differences. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other strength that I love about kids now, and it's hard, it makes, it, it makes my job more harder, I'll be honest with you, but I love <laughs> it, is that they are, they are not as compliant as they mm. used to be. They're not huh. as deferential to arguments by authority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is they are much more willing and frequent to ask why. Like, mm. why, why does that policy exist, Mr. Roberts? Yeah. Why do we have to do it this way? Mm. Couldn't, couldn't there be another way? What about <laughs> this? Like yeah. they're just, they're, they're willing to make suggestions and ask mm. questions yeah. in a way that, that I think a lot of us were probably scared to do. And that wasn't healthy, yeah. right? Like right, it, right. what they're doing is largely healthy. Now, mm. yeah. um, so th- that's really interesting uh, for me in that I-, I love a school building where students, because it makes learning better when, yeah. when students are willing to ask hard questions by right. default, yeah. right? Yeah. The hard thing about that, as you understand, as a youth minister, is like <laughs> the most, the number one relationship we have in our life with God, that's based off largely his authority mm-hmm. right, as the creator. Right. And so, man, it, it has some, yeah. you got to figure out, we, we have to as adults figure out how to, how to um, like uh, cultivate and encourage yeah. that attitude that says, man, I, I want to find the deeper reason. Yeah. Right? I want to make yeah. this meaningful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, acknowledges that um, 
there's a vertical relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. I think that's re- yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that that took my mind to thinking of uh, you know, asking it'll be given to you, seeking you'll find, knocking the door will be open to you. Like that's that's kind of the attitude of you know always asking questions. It seems like that that uh, you're, you're looking for the truth, you'll find it at some point. You know, just keep keep asking those questions. And I, so I think that's really cool. So like I I, I like it. I know one of the stressful things about that for our side <laughs> would be. Uh, they ask those questions. You better know your stuff. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. You, <laughs> you better, you yeah. better have thought it through a little bit yourself. Yeah, you can't, you can't pull it over their eyes. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so, how, how do you feel like? Um, what are some things that you do to maybe feed those positive a- attributes? Like, do you feed that? Maybe feed that curiosity or like feed right. So, so um, at my school, the respect. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Stone. Excuse me for cutting you off. Oh, you're fine. Uh, no. The that philosophy, that respect. So at at this. When I, especially in my own classroom, I did this, and now as a school leader, I try to do this, and that is solicit their input. Mm. Like yeah. we try to be proactive in going to them and saying, "What do you think about this?" Mm. Right? Like you can have a, a voice in the decision making. So I'll, I'll give an example for a church too, yeah. um, and this is this is a compliment to you. So after our previous youth minister left here, mm-hmm. I, I taught the teens with the help of several others in, mm-hmm. before we hired you, right? And mm-hmm. that was several months. Yeah. And some point in there, I spent a lesson talking to the students about uh, the children in the, in the youth group, asking them this question, what do you want in a youth mm-hmm. minister? What's important to you yeah. in a youth yeah. minister? And, and a lot of them knew you and, and you know, they kind of... They just thought about you and then listed, <laughs> listed your qualities. But but anyway, I just and we I didn't take I I think I shared that maybe I shared that with the elders I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the point being is just that's an example of what I'm talking about when yeah. I say we solicit their input. We we don't make them have to ask us. Yeah. And then the other thing is you do have to create an environment where they're comfortable mm-hmm. doing that, like where where they don't feel afraid or anxious yeah. about bringing adults their concerns because man they're right. living it. You know, they're, they're the ones living in that culture. They're the ones trying mm-hmm. to learn and grow and succeed in that culture. So, yeah. um, you know, the specifics on how to do that is, like, you you have to tell students yes whenever you can, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you try not to say no all the time by default. Yeah. Um, yeah. You try to be responsive and helpful and, and kind yeah. and gracious and patient, right? Yeah. Like, assume positive intent on their part. Um, yeah. Treat them like adults, right, yeah. by yeah. default. Those are just things that guide relationships with kids and, and it's not always perfect it's not always easy right. like there's some times where we just say hey there's some there's some concerns here that as adults we have to confront that you don't have to right? yeah and, and yeah. so I, I'm honest about that but you do those two things where you you're intentional about soliciting their feedback create a culture where they can feel comfortable bringing you their concerns and their questions yeah. and I, the idea from there is then you create a school that's informed by the voice of students yeah that's really cool that's really cool um so, um, going on from there, um, like we're, I know, I'm not trying to keep you out too late on a school I'm night. I'm fine. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, which by the way, I think in that, in that interview, I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the kids answered that it just has, he just has to give us some say on where we go eat food after events. Like is what I heard was one of the big ones for them. Food but, was a big piece. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I think Star Wars, being a Star Wars fan was something. They, that was a big piece. I'm just kind of okay with Star Wars. Honestly. I'm not like a diehard fan. But Hope they, that doesn't lose me the job at this point. I'm thinking five years and I'm all right. I think you're but, good, man. Yeah, but I think it's They awesome. also did yeah. mention like yeah. biblical literacy, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Ability, ability to like yeah. 
develop relationships with kids, but yeah. not treat them like a friend. Yeah, yeah. And there was some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, <laughs> and, and and to your credit with that lesson, I know that I think she mentioned it because she was in here to interview. Like you, you had talked to you had talked to Reagan, yeah, uh, one of our one of our kids that graduated from the youth group. Now that uh, when you said um, you said something along the lines of like uh, you you need to use your voice more and say more things because what you say matters and and that she's told me that that's stuck with her for a long time yeah. that's been really important to her so yeah that that's important to make make them feel like uh, their voice matters and so that's really that's really cool on you too so um thanks um as we, as we kind of get closer to to wrapping up uh what would you want parents or other leaders to think about when it comes to teens today Right, so I have this really me- this message. It's going to sound kind of foreboding, but I, I just think it's important. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they already think about it, but it's this, Tanner, mm-hmm. is that I think parents have to acknowledge that their their children are going to bring them really difficult, challenging questions mm-hmm. um, about their faith, about the Bible, about about church, about life mm-hmm. as a Christian, about about um, everything from yeah. doctrine to values to to teachings of Jesus. And parents, mm-hmm. we've, we've got to be ready with answers, yeah, right? Yeah. Or at least be able to direct them to thoughtful answers. Bring yeah. on, bring in family, people, ministers, mm-hmm. you know, knowledgeable Bible teachers. Like, you've got to be prepared to answer these. And here's why. Because if you don't, students have ready access to answers in their pocket on, on their phone screen. Mm-hmm. Like, what I mean, this is very literal. They will go right to their phone and type in a question like, um, what does the Bible say about gay marriage mm-hmm. right like they're gonna go um to the internet and yeah. type that in yeah. and they're gonna read and, and take in whatever website they see whatever whatever TikTok they see yeah um and, and it doesn't even have to be a question that, that's that charged you know um they're yeah. gonna do it for everything they're gonna they're gonna say, they're gonna google can we believe the bible yeah right yeah. and they're so they have the access now not just to their their community at school or their friends yeah. on their baseball team they yeah. have access to the world's right. information. They're going yeah. to go find that answer yeah. on a TikTok video or on a website or a blog. Right. And um, so that's why I say when they come to you with those questions, we have to be kind, gracious, patient yeah. in answering them. And, and defaulting to authority, yeah. it doesn't work anymore, man. We want to build yeah. a faithful generation. Yeah. We, if we want to pass on the, the, the heritage of faith that we have, we got to yeah. be able to help children answer those questions uh, yeah. According to God's words, with integrity and faith and fearlessness. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's daunting. I think as as a, as a parent or as a leader, just thinking, like, we could be scared to approach it ourselves, but like for our kids' sake, we need to know and we need to be ready for that, and we need we need to crave it almost. Like we want them to come to us and talk to us because. The world's got a lot of really bad information and a lot of twisted information that's out there, mm-hmm. as well as like if, if they're not getting it from us, it's like uh, old Billy Bob at school who you know is, <laughs> like um, doesn't know what he's talking about is like is who I'm going to listen to instead of you, you know. And um, it, if you want what's best for your kids, you need to be ready for that and crave that. I think that's such an important message. I think that's that's great. It is, and again, um, the daunting part is. Anymore, it's not just Billy Bob at school. It's like yeah. it's Dos Billy Bob, who's a Russian bot. That's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is what, yeah, yeah. This is what the Russians want me to think about. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, again, not <laughs> right, right. No, no, yeah, no, no, not too far. But but it could be, it could be anybody. I mean, right. you just the voice that you have no knowledge or control yeah. over at all. Yeah. Know? So anyway, yeah, it's it's the the loudest voice of the world will be speaking to the kids instead of 
your voice or the voice of Jesus speaking to the kids, right. maybe. So, and, and I want to affirm, I want to finish this, this answer just like you did earlier, affirming the positive. Like, as parents, yeah. we have to crave that. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. God's given it to us. And, and I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about it. You know, my daughter's eight, and I, yeah. I look forward to helping journey yeah. with her through that stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I appreciate yeah. you emphasizing the positive part of oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe, uh, maybe one more as, okay. as we're kind of wrapping up here. Do you, do you have any messages that you would want teens in school to know? Like we're talking about parents and leaders, but mm-hmm. if you had a message that you were going to give to the teenagers, maybe some kids at your school or just any, any teens that are out there, what, right. what do you want them to know or what message do you have for them? Sure. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have three points. Okay. Just three things I want to know. Number one, um, you are so deeply loved by God, mm-hmm. uh, most of all. Um, and please know that, carry that with you. That knowledge, I hope, can carry through a lot of the difficulties and anxieties of adolescence and adulthood. But number one, you are deeply loved mm-hmm. by God. And um, number two, um, I want s- students to know um, that they are not, um, no, that it is, how do I want to say it? Doubt is a healthy attribute. Okay. And by that, I mean, it is okay to ask questions. Yeah. Fear any institution, any person that mm-hmm. is discouraging you from asking questions. Yeah. If, if something is the truth, and, and we'll, we'll speak specifically about the Bible, if the Bible, God's revelation, is really the truth, it will stand up to yeah. all our questioning. Yeah. I believe it is, and, and it stood up to all my questions. Yeah. So ask questions. Don't yeah. be afraid of that. It, it is okay to have doubt. Doubt is not a sin. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think we have that temptation of thinking that faith and doubt are opposites when really faith is like, I have some doubts, but I'm going to believe anyway until I understand deeper, you know. So, like, I think that's, yeah, no, that's important you, to remember. So. You said that a couple of weeks ago, and it yeah. literally made me misty-eyed, man, just because <laughs> you were so deeply engaging with the kids and conveying to them that. that mm-hmm. you Again, you, you just said it so well. And then the third one is about school specifically. I just I want teens to know that your identity and your value and your worth is not tied up in your achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely. God doesn't care about your report card. He yeah. wants you to do your best. You know that's yeah. clear in the scripture, right? Do all things as though working for God. Yeah. Right. Um, and He wants you to do your best. Um, he wants you to be engaged. Mm-hmm. He do, He doesn't care how how well you played in the band on Friday night. Yeah. He doesn't care about the football score or mm-hmm. or the what place you got in the art contest. I could just go down the list. I, this is the easiest way to say it. Mm. Your achievement does not have anything to do with your worth in God's eyes. Yeah, that's right. um, so, so it's okay to let that stuff go and to have fun, enjoy school, do your best. And I mean yeah. that sincerely, but man, your worth is so much more than your achievement. Yeah, that's great. I don't, there's nothing else, there's nothing better to end on with that quote right there, dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I hope, hope all y'all have enjoyed listening to this as much as I've enjoyed being a part of this conversation. David Roberts, you're the man. I appreciate you coming and uh, hanging out, talking talking through some stuff with me. Um, yeah, I guess if anyone uh, if anyone wants to uh, kind of keep up with us outside of here, uh, you can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. We're not on Spotify because I'm, I don't, I haven't figured it out yet. You know, the whole tech thing, I'm still <laughs> figuring it out. Um, but, uh, but you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at the maze podcast. And then you should be able to kind of get some updates about videos that are coming out. Um, once again, thanks David. Appreciate you so much, man. Yeah, Tanner, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Thank you guys.
Thank you for joining us on the Through the Maze podcast. This is the part where we navigate team life together. Subscribe and like this podcast, share it with friends, leave a comment about your experience dealing with the issues we talked about. We don't pretend to have all the answers. We'd love to see you share what has worked for you and what hasn't worked. What are your stories about dealing with today's topic? It's also an opportunity to share a word of encouragement as we try to understand where Christ is leading us as we navigate through the maze.